Well, welcome back to another episode of Living the Abundant Way podcast. This is a place for all women to feel empowered, to find hope and joy in the everyday life, to be a part of a community of women just like you in pursuit for their purpose, calling, inspiration, and creativity, to feel heard and seen and know no matter the hard days, no matter the battle you were in, you are loved and divinely intended on this earth. 60% of our generation is seeking spiritual guidance and I've seen in my own life the spirit guide me and anoint my mouth with edification and encouragement for others. I'm excited to share with you more in the prophetic, the power of being spirit led to revive those dry places and see the women in this area come back to life. Women who are seeking their dreams and knowing that they were created for more than just getting through the everyday. I'm going to be bringing you educational episodes on how we as women need balance, organization, and structure to grow our capacity as homemakers, entrepreneurs, and mothers. Wherever you are on the journey, there is so much gold inside you. And whether it's just taking that courage to step out into it, awakening the gifts that are inside you, or learning to manage and balance more so you can step into all without lacking anything. I want to see the entrepreneur and working mother able to flourish in all her dreams, her calling and her career while feeling present in the home and able to balance both. I want to see women discover more practical ways to save time, save money and increase rest. If we've learned anything in the last two years, it's rest, family, health and your purpose. May these episodes educate, support, empower, inspire, and lift your eyes to see what's possible, that you may know you can live the limitless life and achieve your wildest dreams. I hope you enjoy today's episode and I cannot wait to hear from you. Please send me a DM over at Living the Abundant Way anytime you feel inspired. If you have a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review, that would be so incredible. I'm so excited for today's episode. One of my beautiful friends, a fellow mom who also has a baby that has a cleft. And that's how we originally connected, which just shows you how incredible the online space is. But I instantly fell in love with Kate's content. She's a home organization expert and consultant. And for many years now has been consulting females in their homes virtually and in person to be able to get more organized, declutter, and she has exceptional qualities. She is your typical spreadsheet guru, super organized, blows me out of the water with her tips and tricks and some of which she's going to reveal today and talk a little bit more about the power of decluttering your home, using a cleaning schedule, and actually using all of these tools to support our mental health. I mentioned in this episode that it reminds me of a wedding dress, that it gets perfectly fitted to your body, exactly how you like your style. That's how we believe Kate and I have seen in our own lives, customize organization methods, techniques, systems to the flow and style of exactly what we need as mothers and entrepreneurs. Kate is a mama of two, she's a school teacher, she's a business owner, and she is an organization extraordinaire. Let's get into the episode with Kate. Well, welcome, Kate. Thanks so much for being here. Hello. Nice to be here. Okay, let's start off with some silly or kind of random questions before we get into the really juicy stuff. But first off, what irks you the most in the home? This, this is a hard one for me to narrow down because I'm a bit of a perfectionist. 
But I'd have to say I narrowed it down to like my top four. (laughs) So not wiping down kitchen benches. Cannot stand it. I have this weird thing where when you look at a kitchen bench in a certain direction, in a certain light, and you can just see some grime and marks on it, just, yeah, bothers the hell out of me. Wipe down (laughs) your kitchen benches. And then, like, I hate feeling grit and dirt under my feet. Like, if you've got your shoes off and you're walking around your home, you can feel stuff under your feet. Like, I'm I'm obsessed with vacuuming. So, and that's probably why. If I see dirt, if I see dust or clumps of hair or this, I can feel it under my feet. It's got to go. It's just got to go. And then this one probably is my husband's fault. doesn't matter how many strategies I put in place clothes left on the floor I hate it (laughs) like they've got to be hung up or put in a cupboard or put somewhere so yeah they're probably oh sorry number four was going to be clutter like on benches like when people just have dump piles you know um junk yeah on your kitchen bench or your dining bench yeah I'm not a fan of clutter on the bench top okay okay I hear you I do some of them and re- the thing that irks me the most about the, the yeah. stuff under your feet is if you have socks on and you can feel it stuck to oh. the socks and it's sticky I would almost oh. rather take my socks off and even if it got on my feet at least I can brush my feet off but I can't yeah, stand right. it when my sock is sticky oh that just uh, makes me feel sick yeah. okay number yeah. two <laughs> what yeah. is your favorite thing to clean in the house a hundred percent the floor vacuum everywhere obsessively and then mopping and I think the biggest reason for that is because even if I've done no cleaning or I've had a lazy day there's something about cleaning the floors that just gives an illusion that your whole house is clean (laughs) I just feel accomplished with freshly vacuumed and mopped house I yeah. love it. I could yeah. do it all day. And I do. I'm teased for it. So yeah, that one. <laughs> okay. And then the final one. What was the greatest makeover with a client to date? Yep. Yeah, so I had a client who had been living in their new house that they bought for six months and still hadn't unpacked and moved in. And They were virtually living out of boxes. Yeah, I know, crazy, right? (laughs) Six months, I'm not joking. She just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. She felt it was just easier to keep living out of boxes than to actually organise and put stuff away. So she actually purchased my email support package surprisingly because she did want to do it herself she wasn't near me she was in a different state and she had a vision she purchased my email support package which is two weeks of unlimited email support and every day sorry she purchased that package four times so I ended up working with her for eight weeks in total and she emailed me every day sometimes more than once a day with questions, photos, bouncing ideas off me, trying to get advice as she worked her way through room by room and drawer by drawer. Like it was 
incredible to see a house that was virtually a blank slate and had boxes everywhere like I'm talking even in their wardrobes getting their clothes out of a cardboard box and not even putting them in drawers yet like crazy crazy but I was probably most proud of that transformation because she predominant like she physically did it herself but she asked a million and one questions she sent me multiple photos we had multiple emails backwards and forwards and it was a real transformation journey she set herself the eight-week time period was determined to get it done in that eight weeks therefore she was accountable because she knew the package would end after eight weeks and she just literally systematically worked her way through her house so that was probably my favorite because yeah she pretty much did it herself obviously with my support along the way but it was a huge job and she did a wonderful job in the end so yeah oh that's so cool and it just shows you the power of accountability even like virtually essentially absolutely not that you actually have to have someone physically come and do it for you no you kind of acting like a cleaner consultant or whatever to actually just have that support and have someone, but she was probably just lonely to be honest. And she just loved being able to have a friend in the process. Yeah. She, she asked, like would send me a photo of a space and ask me, where do you think I can get the best storage option for? And I would send her websites and photos and give her ideas. She would send me measurements. Like we just went backwards and forwards back. And these are tiny emails backwards and forwards every day. She therefore got to do it completely at her own pace. She was 100% in control. It was her budget, her vision. She just had me along for the journey to bounce ideas off and to get support. And uh, yeah, it worked really well for her and that's how she wanted to do it. So yeah, it was a good way of doing it. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, yeah, let's get into the serious stuff because I know how much women struggle with organization the main areas that I hear that they struggle the most with organization is like the cleaning so I are going to talk about your cleaning roster the kids toys and kids room so like navigating a system to create more independence and then obviously like a restocking system or navigating things or sorting things into sections all those type of kind of conversations what people really seem to struggle with most that I've personally spoken to. So how has being organized firstly improved your overall mental health? And I I know you've mentioned what was part of your mental health plan, but how has that whole journey and process of just having methods and practices and systems really actually helped you be a better friend, a better mom, a better wife, all of that? Well, I wanted to start by saying that there's actually a lot of research that shows that cleaning and organising, or should I say even the lack of cleaning and organising, can have a direct impact on your mental health. So there was one study that I love to go into reading about this. There was one study that found that women who described their living spaces as cluttered or full of unfinished tasks or projects, they were more likely to be fatigued and depressed than women who described their home as restful and restorative. So researchers, that's a pretty major statement to make, just simply how you describe your home can impact your mental health. Researchers also found that women with messy or cluttered homes had higher levels of cortisol 
in their systems. So common symptoms of high levels of cortisol can include anxiety, depression, and irritability. So if your cortisol levels are peaking, then you are going to be displaying signs of anxiety, depression, irritability, and plenty of other things that can be linked to, but they're, they're just some to name a few. And we know that clutter can make it difficult to focus on a particular task. More specifically, they discovered that a person's visual cortex can be overwhelmed by objects not related to a particular task. So if you're seeing so many things around your house, it's you're overwhelming your brain. Your brain actually cannot work out what's meant to go with what and you are getting stressed in the process so it actually has a direct impact on the way that you are visually seeing everything and that you know photo goes into your mind and your brain is essentially freaking out by the clutter making it harder for you to focus making it harder for you to complete projects making it harder for you to work efficiently because your brain can't get past the multiple objects that it's seeing around your house and it can't work out where those objects are supposed to be and what they're supposed to go with. So, you know, clutter and mess is linked to negative emotions and more positive emotions like calmness or having a sense of well-being, that's really what we what we want to achieve in our lives. But I don't think that people realise how much organising and cleaning your home can improve your mental health. So for me, cleaning and organising brings about feelings of calmness straight away. It just soothes me. It's also when you notice that you're cleaning or organising, it's quite a repetitive action that you're doing. So say I'm vacuuming. It's a very repetitive action when I'm vacuuming. And that gives me and I'm a lot of other people, an overall sense of control because you're feeling accomplished and you're not having to be stuck inside your head. You're sort of practising mindfulness by doing a repetitive action over and over and over. You're getting out of your head, out of the anxiety. You're in the moment. You're being mindful and you're bringing your cortisol levels down and calming yourself down. So admittedly, I also do revert to cleaning and organising more intensely as well when I'm stressed or anxious in a particular phase of my life. So it sort of goes, it's sort of a vicious cycle, you know, cleaning and organising helps with my mental health and helps soothe me and calm me down. But it's also something that I do when I am anxious to calm me down as well. So if something in my life is particularly stressing me out, I also find that clutter and disorganisation can be really distracting for me. So it makes it hard for me to focus on anything, including my kids or my work or my husband or completing any other projects. So if I can't get anything else done, like if I'm not having a good relationship with my husband or with my kids, or I'm not able to focus on work, you just become increasingly irritable and overwhelmed. And it all started because I was triggered by disorganisation in my home or clutter in my home or mess in my home. 
So straight away, my brain cannot focus on anything else but the clutter and disorganization. I can't get past it until I've dealt with it. So this was such a frequent problem for me that I kept coming across that I was so easily triggered by the the lack of cleaning or the disorganization in my home. And then when I did do it, it's like euphoric, you know, it's an, an addictive feeling when you're calm and you have a sense of control and you're able to put your mind to other tasks and be happier because everything is, is in its place and everything make is calm and you know there's a an energy about the environment that you live in that has a direct effect on your health so when you talk about my mental health plan I often refer to cleaning and organizing seriously as part of my mental health plan and people do find that comical but if I don't stick to my schedule if I don't stay on top of things then my anxiety levels will just creep up so I have found huge benefits from making sure that I focus on the cleaning and organizing and keeping things going rather than letting things get on top of me and triggering meltdowns or anxiety that I then struggle to push back down yes and when you said before seeing like clutter and unorganization we're not necessarily talking on like an hourly basis we're talking about like a transformation of being in an organized state yeah so it's not like you're getting triggered like all day every day you you know there's moments in the day where like all the toys out there's food on the bed there's dishes on the drying rack just to like clarify you're talking about when you really went on this organization journey and included your cleaning roster and organized baskets and yeah so what was life like before you went on this journey were you just a bit like was your house just kind of I guess a bit more like an everyday regular house like you just had stuff in random drawers and you had stuff on the benches like Look, I wasn't a particular, I've never been a particularly unorganized person. It's always been in my personality type to sort of be a bit of a perfectionist. However, the difference is, is I didn't have regular systems and routines in place. So when things got messy, when things got disorganized, it triggered a strong reaction in me where it really greatly affected my mood because I just felt like everything needed to be perfect all the time. But the difference is now I've adapted things so it doesn't need to be perfect all the time. That's not possible. It was an unrealistic expectation that I hadn't realised at the time. I just didn't know what to do about it. So now things do get out of place. Yes, things are messy. Everything's not perfectly lined up and labelled and Instagram worthy in terms of pictures, but that's okay because I know how to reset my house quickly to get things back in order. I know that everything has a home and everything has a place. I don't have a lot of stuff in the first place. So I've just learnt to sort of adapt cleaning and organising into my life rather than let it control me in a way that it consumes me, if that makes sense. Yes, so, it does. Yeah, so things certainly don't trigger me on, a, on an hourly basis by any means. In fact, that's the whole point. I'm not triggered anywhere near as much anymore because when I see the clutter and the mess, 
I have systems in place to either prevent that or to deal with it quickly and easily. I'm not overwhelmed in the ways that I used to be. I have cleaning schedules and routines and storage to put things. So if they're out of place, I don't have to spend ages figuring it out like you're constantly problem solving. It's once you've got the foundations in place, it's just super easy to maintain. It's just all about maintenance. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally hear you. And it's been so interesting getting some feedback from in my Instagram, in my inbox, just asking people, I've literally just been saying to people, what are you struggling with the most in your home? And so many people have either said, I can't keep on top of the meal planning. I don't know what to cook. The kitchen gets too messy. It's overwhelming. Or I can't keep on top of the cleaning. It all builds up. I don't know how to cope. I don't know what to do next. Or I've just had a baby or I've just gone back to work. And now I am not at home. I'm not in the house very It was like the same types of things over and over again. It was like, I'm really overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I feel alone. And I was just, and I was like, whoa, this is actually like a really, this is actually really serious. And it's, I feel the, energy in the way that these mothers particularly were writing it and I was like oh this actually really causes you a lot of stress and anxiety like this is constantly feeling like you're on the back burner never going to ever catch up it's this horrible journey of like almost doing life with kids and it's always messy and dirty and there's always clean and you can even hear the energy of the way people say it rather than, you know, if those things don't bother people as much, they generally don't tend to bring it up then in conversation. They'll focus the conversation to other things. But when things really bother Mm. people, that's what they want to care about. And what you're saying is totally relatable. We've all been there. Like nothing that you just read out surprises me, particularly once you become a mum. As I said, honestly, it's just about putting those foundations in place once they're there once you've got systems in place it's so easy to maintain them you know once you know where things go once you know what day you do your cleaning on and what you do when once you have all these routines that help you you don't feel like you're drowning all the time and I know that feeling and I was sick of that feeling myself you're sick of getting to the end of the week and feeling like you just do the same stuff over and over again only to end up feeling like you're drowning again you just it's like two steps forward one step back so yeah I get it I really do yeah it's the I wasn't shocked that the level of mess and overwhelm I was more saddened by how much it was mentally affecting people because it's probably never really mentally affected me quite like that and I've probably been a bit ignorant to it like it's annoyed me and made me a bit grumpy but I could really feel almost like women felt a bit defeated like there was there was no way out of almost like stuck in a black hole and I was like whoa this is not cool this is our sisters and we should not be feeling like we're struggling this much so yeah thanks for really delving deep into that from a scientific perspective that was like that was really refreshing what was your personal hardest obstacle to overcome in the home and now maybe brings you the greatest joy we sort of have touched on this in I 
keep going back to the hardest obstacle was changing my whole way of doing things in terms of cleaning and organising once I had a baby. So I, I can relate to what mums are saying because I then had to change how I did things again when I went back to work part-time and I was a mum. It was a lot. And then I changed how I did things again when I had a second baby. Things have constantly evolved in how I schedule things in my life and how I clean and how I organize my home, I really had to rethink how to make things work with my new life as a mum, essentially. I've been through many cleaning schedules, many night routines, many morning routines. It hasn't stayed the same over the last few years since becoming a mum. And at first it was overwhelming because I always cleaned my house, or I should say two-bedroom unit which was easy. I always did it top to bottom on a Saturday. This was before kids. You did, I didn't have anything else stopping me. I would be at work full time. The house was clean and organised because I was barely there because I was always at work. You come home and have a shower and dinner and go to bed sort of thing, but most things stay in place. And then I'd spend my Saturdays vacuuming, cleaning the bathroom, doing the washing, and it was easy. Once I had kids, it was like, holy moly, forget all that. We've got to really start again. Like, bam, right? You know, it's like there's no such thing as the, your prior routine in life once you have a child. And that was the hardest time in my life because the perfectionist side of me did not cope with the baby coming into my world. And suddenly I couldn't do things how I used to do things. Mm. So I now actually love how flexible I've become with my routine, how easy it has become for me to adapt what I do on a daily or weekly basis in terms of maintaining my home. It's so easy to adapt it depending on the week I'm having, depending on my kids' mood, depending on what days I'm working that week because it changes. And the old Kate would not have been able to adapt so easily. Hmm. And I think that that's actually the problem with a lot of mums. It just feels like you have to figure out how to do it and they think that it has to be like that all the time. But literally every month I could change my cleaning schedule if I wanted to, if it's not working, or I could change the systems or routines in my house. And I've, it's really liberating once you realise that and once you let go of being so rigid about having to stick to the plan that you came up with or having to still do things the way that you used to do things, say, before children. So I've now become very passionate about helping other people figure out how cleaning and organising can work for their life. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach. It's very much about making it personalised and it has to work with your work days, your daycare days, your extracurricular days, the size of your house. I mean, the list is endless of what factors are part of this. So I really want to shape up the world of organising in a sense that I want to use that obstacle that I had, which was this perfect way of organising and cleaning prior to children. I had all the time in the world, not that I knew it back then, but I had all the time in the world and I had a scheduled Saturday to clean and everything was in place and it was wonderful. 
Then you have a family, nothing's in place. The day that I clean can change literally every week. The day that I work can change every week. You can end up cancelling things because your child's crying all day. I mean, you know, our lives are so busy and so unpredictable as mums that our cleaning schedules and the way that we organise our house, it, it has to fit in with that. It has to be able to be adaptable and flexible. So I don't want mums to be looking on Instagram seeing a perfect pantry and thinking that that is the pinnacle of being organized forget about the whole pantry thing there are so many other practical things that you can put in place tiny little things like resetting your house in in the middle of the day when your toddler goes to sleep or like having a cleaning schedule where you tick things off so you remember what you've done or sitting down and meal planning and making sure that you know exactly what you're eating every day of the week. Like there are so many other tiny things that can make you more organized and make you calmer and make your household run more smoothly. That if you're having a bad day, or if the kids are having a bad day, or if you're working or whatnot, once you've got those things in place, it can work and it can be adapted depending on your lifestyle. So that's really where all this came from. It came from a place of postnatal anxiety. It came from a place of my life being turned upside down as being a mum and trying to figure out how I can be okay with this new world that I'm now in as a mum and how I can still be clean, tidy and organised, but in, in a way where the kids can still have their toys on the floor and there can still be food on the floor and the high chair is still a mess and the kitchen's still full of dirty dishes, but I can still turn around and say I've got my shit together, you know? I love, it. I love it so much. What I love about you is you're a mum, you're a temp teacher. As you said, that's why you said you get called in at all certain days. You do yeah. like the teaching part. You also do the admin part. Then you're also working your online business, obviously your organization, um, home consulting virtually and in person. And those clients can come ad hoc whenever they come through. You can't predict that either. And you that's can't right. predict when the school's going to call you and ask you so you really yep. live a life where your work life is unpredictable and then children are unpredictable. So knowing that you have had that mental health pass and you've reached this place now to even be able to operate in a place of so much unpredictability and still manage the home, I think for me, really is a permission to sleep how much we can all do it. Your systems and methods actually work and not everyone has to do it the way you do it. Like it's so adaptable, your systems to like, it's almost like fitting a, your wedding gown. It's like, it's so sculpted and perfect with the style and everything that fits yes. your body type and the way you like it. I just want to take a little ad break to let you guys know if you are absolutely loving the conversation with Kate today, which seriously, how could you not? She is so incredible. Later on in the episode, she's going to talk a little bit more about her cleaning roster, but I just wanted to stop for a moment and let you know about our free three-part video series for home organization and meal prepping in the home. There is an incredible exclusive interview, a video series with Kate and myself going deeper into a lot of these different questions, plus two other videos which talks about how to reduce hormone disrupting chemicals and areas of the home, 
plus an exclusive conversation with myself on how to meal prep, plan better in the kitchen, reduce stress, organize your shopping list better, and so much more. So make sure you jump into the show notes while you're listening to this potty and grab that free resource today. It is going to blow your mind. I haven't seen a free resource quite like this in a video series. And I would love, 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 love to jump on a home transformation breakthrough call with you. After you finish that video series, book in any time at a time that suits with my call calendar in the show notes. And I'd love to target some of these pain points that Kate and I have been talking about around the home and see what's the best way I can possibly support and guide you through this crazy mama, homemaker, entrepreneur season. All right, let's get back into the episode with Kate. I'm very big on making it work for you. And the other thing that I've found is probably really slow starting with my business was I don't have a picture perfect house. We're in a rental and it's not aesthetically pleasing in my you know, ideal world. So I'm not there putting photos on Instagram of my house and attracting clients by saying your house can be this beautiful too because my house isn't that beautiful but it's still very organized and there is this misconception that things have to look a certain way in order for it to be organized and I hate that I hate that that message is out there because often it's not practical So you can Google all these images of pantries or of kids' toy playrooms or of a kid's wardrobe, and it might look absolutely stunning, but is it working? Is it long-term? Is it functional? Is it working for that family? Or is it just looking pretty? Because I tell you what, my son's wardrobe doesn't look like I should take a photo of it, but it's very practical and works for him so that he knows where his daycare clothes are and he can reach things. And so it's all about working with families to make sure that things are going to be sustained and they're functional and they work. I'm not about just making things beautiful and pretty. It just, it's not, there's no point if it doesn't work and doesn't help you stay organized. I can testify to this because I've been living out of a car for 10 months and I had to perfect systems and methods for cooking in people's kitchens packing and unpacking the car every seven to ten days yeah right like plastic tubs the way we packed the car had to be a certain way like the way we went in and out of people's houses so we would do exit cleans every 10 days eight days we had to use their equipment the way they wanted leave it the way we found it like we learned so much about homes and layouts and just yeah navigating people's kitchens how people like organize their home like it was so cool but at the end of the day we maintained the same systems and organizations like sometimes it all fell apart because we had a little kid and we're trying to keep him in the the high chair while we're running around doing stuff right um but essentially we stayed relatively sane most of the time because we just followed the same system even though our car looks right so and that's bad. The, that's the thing if you've got some systems and routines in place you can take them with you anywhere and at the end of the day if I'm moving house I don't need to start all over I know what systems and routines we've got here and they're still going to go to the other place because a lot of them are just in my head it doesn't they're not all physical 
so yeah there's just a lot a lot to be said about the misconception that people think that organizing a means you need a professional organizer to come to your house and b it pretty much doesn't have anything to do with a beautiful pantry and <laughs> you know oh, there are just there's just so many other parts to it and so much more budget friendly easier things that you can implement before like pantry would be seriously on last on my list like there's so many other things I suggest to families to put in place before that that's not important straight away you know so agree I yeah. love that you mentioned your son's wardrobe <laughs> looking pretty but being very practical right. that is a huge area that I've had many women reaching out about is how have you implemented methods because he's four right? It'll be four in August. Four in August. So he's just over Almost. three and a half, Yeah, which is quite little. He's not six yeah. or seven. Run us through two or three quick strategies that you've implemented that are age appropriate that have not only benefited his independence, but have also helped you stay sane. <laughs> okay. So like one really uh, important one is called the house reset. And he knows the routine that so my youngest my one-year-old goes to bed at around midday uh, for his nap my three-year-old knows that when he goes down for his nap it's house reset time that means that we keep it confined to the downstairs living area for me it includes the kitchen as well but the living area downstairs which is where we've been spending our time up until my youngest going to bed and usually it's covered in toys, leftover plates, cups, bowls, morning teas, bits and pieces everywhere that you don't have time to pick up necessarily as you go when you've got two young kids. So house reset time means those all those toys that we've been playing with all morning need to go back where they came from. Any cups, bowls, plates, any rubbish that needs to go in the bin, anything that's been misplaced and left around the house needs to go back where it came from. Essentially, we reset our house so that it looks like how when you woke up this morning and walked down the stairs, that's how I want it to look. That is not so that my house needs to be perfect. That is so that at the end of the day, when I'm doing the bath and dinner bed routine, I then don't have double the amount of stuff to deal with. So he, it's gotten to, it started off really small where he might, might have picked up a couple of toys and put them away. There was resistance. I have the tantrums. I don't want to pack it up. I don't want to help. But I would say, could you just put away X, Y, and Z? Yeah, he could do that. And I did the rest. And I would model to him what I'm doing. He has quiet time when my youngest goes to bed, which often involves him watching things on the iPad, reading books, doing puzzles, like real downtime stuff. He loves quiet time. He knows he can't have it until there's a house reset done. So it's a bit of motivation in that sense. But I would go up, it's to the point now where I go up and put my youngest to bed. He's downstairs doing the house reset without me. He's proud to show me when I get down, look, mummy, I finished, I put all my toys away. And there's this big, wow, 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 you're so clever. Look how much cleaning up you've done. And there's a sticker on your reward chart sort of thing. And he does it really, really quick with no whinging now. 
But this is weeks and months of getting to that point where we just pick one thing that we want our child to be involved with, one thing that we want them to help with, and we're baby steps till it becomes a habit for them. So it's part of his routine. I'm taking Jensen up to bed now. Can you do your house reset? He even knows the language. Put your toys away. And when mummy comes down, it's quiet time. And off he goes. And then he sits down for his quiet time and I go and reset the kitchen. And I clean up from morning tea and lunch and wipe down benches and washing up or whatever bits and pieces need to be done or unfolding washing. So I'm halfway through the day resetting the house and so so has he. So his toys, yes, they come back out again, absolutely, and they don't need to stay perfect, but it's about not building on mess, building on mess, building on mess, building on mess. So house reset is one the other one that's probably great for him is his where again basket which I know we've talked about before so he has a basket in his room it's to prevent heaps of washing so when he takes his clothes off at the end of the day to have a bath he'll say to me mummy does this go in my where again basket or the washing basket so if it's daycare clothes, it's 100% in the washing basket. If it's something that we've just been wearing around the house and you know it doesn't really need to be washed, it goes in the wear again basket. Pajamas go in his wear again basket. So then when we're getting dressed the following morning, I'll say to him, go and check your wear again basket first. So we're not getting out a new pair of tracksuit pants if you've got two in your wear again basket. You have to choose. And we have battles sometimes because he wants to wear something new in his cupboard. So I'll say you can choose a pair of pants from your wear again basket and I'll let you choose uh, another top from your cupboard. So we're sort of re-wearing some clothes. So that's become routine and habit now where he would leave them on his floor and I would say, Harvey, I'm putting them in this basket. This is your wear again basket. So we can look in there tomorrow for the clothes that you're going to wear. Then it just like it transformed to now he has just automatically asked me when he gets in the bath, mummy, do I put this in my wear again basket? So that's something little that's really helped me. I don't have clothes on the floor anymore. They're in a basket, whether that's the wear again one or the washing basket that's outside his door. The wear again basket sits on his floor. When he was little, the wear again basket was in the living room because we would bring him downstairs after his bath and get him in his pyjamas in front of the heater. Now that he's almost four, he likes to get dressed in his bedroom. So the wear again basket's in there. So we slightly have adapted it in that way. And then he's got daycare drawer clothes and he's got an, a shelf with other clothes. So he knows when it's daycare day, you pick clothes from this drawer. They're your, you know, cheap clothes that I don't mind getting ruined. You're allowed to pick from these drawers. He just knows that these two drawers are my daycare drawers and that shelf is for my other closed days so little things like that just three little brief things I guess but we've got lots of systems in place like that that they sound tiny but my god they help me so much oh I can only imagine how many I'm not even thinking about for my child I'm thinking about for my husband he needs a very good basket he needs a proper washing basket he Absolutely. takes all of his clothes off and leaves them all on his side of the bed 
Yeah, and right. I don't know which ones are clean, which ones need to get worn against. So I have to go around and check all the pits of the T-shirt. I have to figure out, okay, is this your yep. clean undies, your dirty undies? Everything's everywhere. And he's like, leave it to my side of the bed. And I'm like, but, like, I need to do the washing and your shirts are way bigger and take up way more space and are harder to hang and dry. Can you just wear that again? Doesn't know. I'm just like, I hear. He actually said he wants the wear again basket for him when we get a permanent residence. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, my <laughs> husband has one. And sometimes, like, another strategy is using a wear again hook. Like, if you have a walk in wardrobe or at the back of a door that you can put a hook on, you can hook clothes on there on the back of the door for a wear again, wear again. Or, yes, a basket. We've got a basket that's got a lid on it in our room. Harvey doesn't. But ours has got a lid on it. Can't see what's in it. And uh, yeah, the clothes go in there. So out of sight, out of mind. If I see them on the floor, my rule is, or on the bed, I pick it up, I put it in the washing basket. Too bad, you know? So I just want to keep the clutter off the floor. But if you want to wear it again, you better put it in the wear again basket. So yeah. Wow, that's incredible. And I love that it also isn't stressing Javier. Like he actually enjoys the process because I'm, I'm assuming he now feels really independent. I get my yes. own clothes out. I get, I do this, I do that. Like not being as micromanaged, he feels like he gets to choose his favorite colored shirt. So the process yes. for him, I'm guessing is even more empowering than pulling out all this stuff, not knowing where it is, not knowing what's for, putting something on, then you come back and say, hey, we don't wear that to daycare. That's like your really good Sunday best. But he's like, but I want to wear this. And that actually causes more stress because they've made a decision and then you have to go back and tell them that wasn't a good decision, but you've kind of set them up to make poor decisions because there's no system. Does that make sense? That's right. And it makes our mornings just efficient and quick. I don't have to support him through the process. Like you said, there's no backwards and forth. And even like he's got a hanging storage option that hangs on sort of like those felt material shelves that you can hang on a pole in your wardrobe that's just got compartments in it. He's got his undies and socks in that. The reason for that is because I needed all his drawers for clothes so he could reach them okay and the upper shelves I've got things like jumpers that he I can get down for him that he doesn't need frequently so I bought something else that was a a lower storage option for his socks and his undies because he wants to choose his socks and his undies is it neat (laughs) no are they are his undies in a beautiful folded pile no absolutely not he shoves them in there they sometimes fall out on the floor and he puts them back in there in balls but I don't care because it's practical and it saves me time because he goes and gets his undies and socks he knows exactly where they are so this is what I mean it's a way up between do you want everything to be aesthetically pleasing or do you want everything to be functional and practical I love it I went to um, my friend's house and she had four under four Wow. Now her eldest is going on six. And I was like literally taking photos all around her house. I was like, whoa, she has so many good systems. And that's yep. why she can actually have four children under four. Right, exactly. And one of the things she did, which I thought was really cool, she has four baskets of clothes and each child has their name on the outside of the basket. And she puts, she folds, she folds some things and hangs some things, but a lot's just put in the drawer, like you said. And she actually goes with them in their rooms. They all go together. The littlest one needs the most help. 
her littlest one is like two and a half or something. Yeah. And the eldest now puts his own things away in his drawers because he knows where everything is out of his own basket. And she just stands there and guides them rather than the grueling process of going put all the kids thing away. And she's like, hell no, like my kids are going to be independent. They know how to do yeah. this. And then when I was even there, she's like, nope, go upstairs. You know where your clothes are, go get dressed. And he was like, yeah, Harvey's age. And I was like, what? Is this fully possible? Like, this yeah, is absolutely. Awesome. And it's also about it not being perfect and not correcting them, but letting them have a go. So when Har- like Harvey makes his bed every morning, so he's three. That started with him literally just pulling up his doona. It was wrinkly. It was not done properly. The sheet was not tucked in. Like it was a mess. But he would look at me with the biggest smile on his face and say, like, mummy, look, in fact, he would tell me to go away and say I could cut. He wanted to surprise me when he was finished. And so he'd say, I'm ready now. You can come and see my bed. Now, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm going to fix it for you or let's do it like this. It's let's celebrate the fact that you've helped and you've done something. And then in a week's time, I might offer a suggestion or show you how to do it. But it's baby steps. It's let them have a go, let them get involved a little bit, let them feel that they've accomplished something and that you're proud of them. They'll want to keep doing it and they'll get better at it. I think I also apply the same technique. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of similarities between the hubbies and the toddlers, isn't there? (laughs) And it's like if you don't celebrate me and encourage me when I do it, even though I'm like, okay, what happened with the dishwasher last night? Like, (laughs) <laughs> the cups are at the bottom the plates are at the top horizontal oh, God. i'm like okay but but thank, we, but thank you for turned, doing it it got Good turned God. on yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah. okay my favorite one which i could go on about all the time is your cleaning roster it's editable it's changeable it can be customized to every house every week every month yeah. So quickly tell us about it because it is definitely one of your greatest tools and strategies. Yep. So the home cleaning schedule, I would say, is probably your first step to adding some organisation to your home if you're starting from scratch. It's downloadable. It's an editable template. You basically choose the template that suits your home and your needs and you can personalise it. So you can type on the template or you can print it and write on it depending on what you prefer. Then I encourage you to either laminate it or put it in one of those plastic document holders but you hang it inside your pantry or somewhere and you use a whiteboard marker to basically tick off the tasks as you complete them so I've got two templates in there the first template will allow you to plan what areas of your home you're going to clean on what days so if you're someone that um, wants to tackle an aspect of cleaning each day so for example Monday might be bathroom day so you would write next to Monday in the box bathroom then under that you're able to break down the task so you might write clean toilets clean shower mop floor white mirrors and break it in small tasks like that. And the reason I say that is because you might not get all those little tasks done and that's okay. If you just write clean bathroom, you might just get to the toilet and the vanity, but you didn't get to the shower that week, but you want to be able to tick it and see. So at the end of the week is I didn't get to the shower 
I'll need to make sure that's number one next week when I clean the bathrooms or it gets to Friday and I don't do cleaning on a Friday. It's my catch up day. So I'm going to go back and do the showers that I didn't get done earlier in the week. So I like it to be broken down to make it more achievable. But you can also, instead of writing, say, bathrooms, Monday, kitchen, Tuesday, bedrooms, Wednesday, you might want to do it so that each box isn't for a day of the week, but each box is for a room. So Mondays, I do the upstairs bedrooms. Tuesdays, I might do the downstairs bathrooms. You don't even need to have the days of the week there. You can literally just have bathrooms in the first box, kitchen in the second box, and work out on Monday which one I'm going to do you know which box I'm going to tackle there's also a box on that template for occasional tasks as well so if you choose to complete those tasks when necessary so like say dusting my skirting boards not something I do every week but it's an occasional task that when I notice it needs doing I'll tick it off or hosing out my bins not something I do every week but I've got it there in the occasional task box. So it's something I need to do. For for people who cannot stick to the same cleaning task on the same day each week, so perhaps your week, like mine these days, always looks a bit different. Mm, Seriously, so good. And the thing that I loved that you spoke on video three in the Home Detox three-part video series, and it was so profound to me, you said, People often redo the same task over again and it makes yeah. them feel like they're cleaning, but they're not really taking ground in the, the home. So mm. maybe they just keep mopping the floor all the time or keep yeah. in the toilet, but then the dusting needs to be get done, you know, the sweeping or the, the blowing outside or I don't know. There's just extra things that then don't get done or cobwebs in corners or dust behind side yeah. tables and you think that you're always cleaning and it feels like you're always cleaning, but then the house probably also doesn't necessarily feel that clean. Yeah, that that's the thing. But if I don't have my cleaning schedule in front of me, you can easily get to the end of the week and think, what have I cleaned this week? What do I need to clean? Or when was the last time I cleaned my shower? Like you can't remember. It keeps you accountable. It keeps you on top of things. And if you've got those ticks there, you can see what you need to tackle. It's also helpful for husbands and partners as well. My husband can see on the schedule by Saturday what gaps there are and he chips in. He can see. I don't need to tell him. He has a look at the cleaning schedule on a Saturday morning and that's what this is all about. It's maintenance. It's staying on top of things. It's not letting things getting too out of control and too overwhelming. Once you start the systems and once you've done sort of a deep clean of everything and then you start just maintaining everything, yeah, life is so much easier, so much easier. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on. Uh, Yeah, I know. (laughs) I, I just feel like we've planted the seed of what life was like before you really had these systems in place as a mum. I I hope I have made it sound achievable because it is and my intention is for everybody to feel like there's a starting point for all of us no matter what level of organisational cleaning you're at or how bad your home is, there is a starting point for everybody. So thank you for having me because I'm so addicted to this topic. I love talking about it. 
And I hope I've helped some people that listen to this. Yeah, definitely. So that was incredible, Kate. Thank you so much. And of course, we can't wait to have you in the eight-week home detox project. Like I know it's going to be revolutionary for women and we can really help be the change we want to see in our generation of entrepreneur, business, working mums. Yep, absolutely. Love it. Can't wait. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thanks for being here for another episode on Living the Abundant Way. I hope you are leaving a little more empowered, lighter and inspired to create a small step of change for a more wholesome life that you're wildly capable of being a homemaker, wife, mother and entrepreneur. I pray this episode leaves a little nugget in your heart and I would love to hear from you. Like I genuinely mean I'm the testimony queen. Testimonies reveal that it can be done again. I'm also here to listen and support you in life's journeys. And if you have a moment, could you please subscribe and leave a review? It would mean the world to me. Now, don't forget to claim your bonus home transformation breakthrough call with me. During our complimentary time together, I can take a deeper look at the missing links that are causing you stress around your home. See the link in the show notes and I can't wait to chat with you.